Welcome to the Agree to Disagree show, a show that discusses news, politics, and pop culture with your host, Luigi C. I want to see how many people I can agree to disagree with. We will try to solve life's great mysteries. Why is the sky blue? Why do we lean left or right? Why are we all nuts? Let's start the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode five of the Agree to Disagree live show podcast, where we discuss news, politics, pop culture, current events, and everything under the sun. So uh, I'm so glad to be here. Good evening, everybody, first of all. Um, I'm going to repeat like I do every week, guys. You can catch us on Facebook Live at Agree to Disagree show and on YouTube live at Luigi Costanza. All you got to do is just type in Google Luigi Costanza on YouTube and you'll find us there. Uh, again, I'm going to tell you guys to be uh, very interactive, send in your comments, send in your questions for our guests, anything that you guys would like to ask or know or comment just to say hi would be great. So without further ado, tonight's guest is a versatile talent who has uh, worn different hats over the past two decades at CJAD. Currently, he writes and hosts the legendary CJAD trivia show and the Sunday afternoon comedy show. He's also a stand-up comedian, copywriter. I Actually, I always wanted to know what a copywriter is. Poet. I'm definitely going to ask him about that. And daddy. And we're definitely gonna, I'm sure we're going to get into some daddy questions as well. So without further ado, here's our guest tonight, Dan Laxer. Hey, how's it going, Mr. Luigi? Laxer, how are you, Dan? I'm good. Thanks for I'm having me great, having man. me on the show. Um, oh, that was kind of cool. What a, the, what a the, guest! Well, the, the program you're using instead of was backstage. It was kind of like being in, a, in the green room, like on the Tonight Show or something. <laughs> yeah, except that there's no refreshments, no food, no drinks, no nothing. Right? I have a glass of water. <laughs> me too. Here, let's do a cheers for a glass of water. Um, so. Salud. Salud. Normally, I'd be so I'd I'd have a beer or something, but it's so hot these days. I just you know the only thing that could quench my thirst right now is water. Yeah, Dan. First yeah, of all, absolutely. I want to I want to thank you so much uh, for being on the show. I truly appreciate that. And I, you know what? It, it's my fifth show, and and as I was telling you off air, I cannot believe the 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 kindness and uh, just just. You know, like I said, I know I say this every week. I'm a nobody. And just the kindness of people uh, of just saying yes. And some people, well-known people in Montreal, um, just saying yes, not even asking any questions. And it's just, uh, I just want to, I just wanted to let you know, I, I truly appreciate it. Well, don't put yourself down. You're not nobody. You're Luigi Costanza. <laughs> and you have, you have a podcast, you have an online show, and I'm a guest on your show. So I appreciate you having me. Thank you, Dan. And and the reason why I asked you to be honest, because, you know, you are a staple uh, in Montreal, very well-known figure um, with your, your long career at CJD and some other things as well that I didn't know, actually, when I was reading up on you in preparation for the show. And that's where I'd like to start. I'd like to, to yeah. tell me a little bit. First of all, I always wanted to know, what is a copywriter? Please tell me this. Okay, so uh, it's, it's uh, how long is the podcast? It's a long question. <laughs> so uh, a copywriter 
write copy. Now, what does that mean? They could write anything um, from, I mean, you know, in a, in a newspaper, the writing, that's, con that's called copy okay. as opposed to, let's say, pictures or what have you. Okay. Um, so, but in, so on a radio station, the, whoever's reading the news, they're reading copy. But when I'm a okay. as a copywriter at a radio station, I'm right. I write commercials, okay. Uh, and 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 what we call promos. Okay. Um, a lot of times you might hear commercials that are written elsewhere and produced elsewhere at an agency. But every radio station has uh, a group of copywriters and a group of producers that that writes and produces. So that's basically what a copywriter is. Okay, so so basically you 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 make the content of of these commercials. Exactly. So yeah. How did you? Well, I guess that go that coincides with uh, you being a poet as well. I presume that you're a good writer if you're preparing commercials and all that. And jeez, and I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your background on that? I, I'm I'm so curious. What what got you into writing? First of all, what got you into poetry? Uh, that's well, that's I've been I've been writing my entire life. Um, okay, and writing is probably writing is probably my first love in terms of in terms of expression. My two favorites are writing and radio. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been writing my entire life. I've never published a book, uh, although I'm working on one now, but I've never published a book. I, I've, had, uh, I've had poems in journals here and there. I used to be uh, a weekly columnist for the Montreal Times. I don't do that anymore. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm always writing. Uh, and uh, some years ago... Um, you know, I, I, as, as you pointed out, I was, I was, I've been with CJD for about 25 years. I used to have um, a radio program Monday through Friday called Laxer Live. And uh, I guess 2010, that show got canceled. And uh, I spent some time trying to figure out what I want to do next and looking for work, mostly looking for work in a couple of fields, but mostly as either a teacher or a writer. I was looking okay. to be what, you know, we used to, the people who, who, Back in the day, used to call themselves copywriters. Hmm. Today, the kids are calling themselves content providers. So <laughs> yes. they will prov they'll provide the content for a website or anything or a blog or what have mm -hmm. you. Um, you know, a ghostwriter is a content provider. So that's what I was looking for work as. And one thing led to another. And um, my former colleague in the copywriting department, a woman who had been there for 27 years, and announced her retirement. The job opened up, and I stepped in. That's incredible. It, it's it again. We, I always bring this up. Sometimes, just you know, doors open, right? Some close and some open. Look at this. She takes her retirement, and boom, you get the job. Yeah. And twenty 100%. something years later, you're still doing it. Uh, well, no, I've only been a copywriter for about five years. Okay, but I've been okay. I've been on the radio. I've been at CJD yeah. for twenty for about twenty. Okay, so the, the copywriting option of it has been about five years. Yeah. So how how did um, how did that translate? How long have you been doing poetry, and and what type of poetry? What inspires you, and why did you start well, writing I, poetry? Well, as I say, I've been I've been writing. I've been scribbling my entire life, and. Um, I studied English literature. First, first I studied philosophy, then I studied English literature, and then I, I went to uh, I, I I was working on a master's degree at Carleton oh. in Ottawa, and okay. there I met a lot of people who were just like me, and we formed 
um, we got together as a group to read poetry. Mm-hmm. And one thing leads to another and, and you discover slowly, hey, do you write? Yeah, so do I. And that guy writes and this guy writes. And so that's when I, you know, I've been, as I said, been writing my whole life. That's when I became a poet. That's when I started to write seriously. And when I say write okay. seriously, you know, I have an awful lot of friends who spent their lives writing and who've already published countless books. I haven't done that yet. But again, I've been, I've been writing poems for, I don't know, 30, 40 years, something like that. Wow. So <laughs> yeah. you, you must have, you must have a lot of content. So where is, is this available? Is, have you published anything or is it available anywhere? Or is it just really you're, you're collecting for one day to actually um, release something? Well, a little I- bit of both. Okay. Yeah. A little bit of both years ago. I had published in a couple of journals, um, but since Facebook came along, I've posted poetry every now and again on on, uh, on Facebook. And for the past three years, I've been posting a lot of haiku, you know, the, the Japanese poem with 17 syllables. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. But um, so I've been posting a lot of stuff on, uh, on Facebook. And um, I finally, with, uh, with the encouragement of a, of a friend who is a publisher, um, decided to start calling some of my work together with the purpose of putting out a book. Oh, that's nice. Where, Mm -hmm. where, um, where is that in terms of uh, what level you're at? Where is it going to be published anytime Um, soon or? I sure. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm working on the compilation now. So I'm taking some new stuff, some old stuff and whatever, and putting it all together to see exactly what I've got and what's worth publishing. And, and then we'll take it from there. That's awesome. I've never done That's, it before, so I don't know. I don't know what's involved. Well, your colleague, right, uh, Tommy Tommy Schermacher wrote his. Uh, was that his first book that he just released now after his retirement? It, it, it wasn't his first book because many okay. years ago he he wrote a book um, called Canada is not a real country. It was a political uh, book, and the title came from a politician at the time. Because don't forget when Tommy was on the radio, full tilt. He was as political as they come. Yes. And um, at the time, I can't remember which politician, someone either from the block or from the PQ, said Canada is not a real country. So he <laughs> took that name and he made it his title. I'll never forget that. <laughs> but interestingly, the book that he has out now, um, um, damn it, mem- I, I can't. Yeah. Uh, memories of, in any case, it's a story of his, uh, I believe his mom. In yeah. the concentration camps, in right. uh, in in Auschwitz, or one of the one of the uh, one of the concentration yeah concentration camps. So that either in that Germany, started yeah. off. He was posting, let's say, a chapter. I don't know if it was a day, but he he released it as chapters on Facebook. Yes. And eventually, he said, "Okay, this is a book now." Yeah, yeah, that's great. That, I I haven't had the chance to read it. Uh, I definitely it's on my to read list, not to do list, but yeah. to read list. Um. I'm, I always, I always, um, when Uh-oh. I, when I, when I meet, when I meet, uh, uh, either, either poets or, or, um, writers, I always ask, where does your inspiration come from? What do you like to write about? Uh, ev- I like to write about everything and okay. my inspiration comes from everywhere. Um, and that, that goes for any kind of writing you do. It goes for comedy as well. Um, your jokes have to come from everywhere, not just your own life, but I mean, you know, uh, any, anything that strikes you, you know, you could be walking down the street and something funny happens and that becomes the basis of a joke 
or you're yeah. walking down the street and something incredible or maybe something not so incredible happens. You know, you walk past uh, freshly blooming honeysuckle and, and just the smell inspires and that becomes a poem yeah. or what have you. So any absolutely anything and everything. So how, how do you how do you go from, um, well, first of all, being a copywriter, being yeah. a, and then that's one type of content and then being a poet. And that's, I, I would say, one type of content. And then this is a great segue to your comedy career. How do yeah. you how do you how do you mix or how do you juggle all three things? Because they're so different. They're different. But um, for me. Each and every one of them is a form of writing. And I learned that. I was talking with a, with a comedian I, when I first got started, a comedian called uh, Dan Bingham. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I went to congratulate him on one of, the, one of his bits. He did a, co a comedy bit about Moby Dick. <laughs> okay. And he said, he said, yeah, you know what? After I read, he says, I, he read that book, you know, when he was a kid. He said, I've always wanted to write about it. And it dawned on me when he says he wanted to write about it. He means comedy. And it dawned on me, comedy is just another form of writing. Fiction yeah. is another form of writing. Non-fiction, these are all forms of writing. And that's my favorite form of expression. The difference with comedy is, yeah, you spend time writing, but then instead of people reading it, you present it on, on a stage. And it's designed to make them laugh. Okay. But you've spent time writing and perfecting. That's really all writing means. Interesting. That's mm. a good point. So how... Um how, I know that there's no comedy going on right now, but how, how many shows, you know, pre-COVID, obviously now we have to, you know, always have to preface our questions to that. How, how, where would you be, where would you be performing on a, on a consistent basis or where would, how was that going on in terms of co your comedy skits? Yeah, for me, it wasn't very consistent. I, you know, I still refer to myself, I'm 10 years in and most of the people that I got started with um, are uh, professional comedians. Some of them moved to New York. Some of them moved to LA. Some of them moved to Toronto. Um, I'm still. I'm. I, I would still refer to myself as an open micer. Um, okay. Now I've done. I've done some professional shows. I've done benefit benefit shows mm -hmm. um, for to raise money for schools or other charities. Um, but I haven't done. You know, I pr I'll, I'll perform at the Comedy Nest for an open mic night. I used to awesome. do. You know, when the Comedy Works was still around, same sort of thing. I haven't done a weekend gig yet. There was a time okay. when I, I was sort of venturing toward that area, but then kind of, you know, one thing, one thing or another gets in the way and you have to sort of pull back from that. So I call myself a sometime comedian. And every time <laughs> I do a show, the joke on Facebook is I'm coming out of comedy retirement again. <laughs> Multiple retirement, just like that athlete that doesn't know how to, when to call it quits, right? Yeah, exactly. Any, any news, any indication when the comedy clubs, clubs will be opening again? Or No, I know that uh, the group that puts on shows at uh, Bar Peroni are looking at doing something in July. I've seen them post a couple of times. But uh, on my radio show, I spoke with David Acker of the Comedy Nest. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, you know, the, the best thing for them to do is just wait until the government says it's okay. Okay. And so far, so far they haven't gotten the okay. I mean, yeah, I guess that, that falls in the bar category, right? I mean, I guess they're probably exactly. the last ones. Yes, unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah, you would think um, you know, now more than ever, people need to laugh. So <laughs> I think you're almost an essential service, these comedy clubs. But who am I, right? Yeah, 
But you, well, you're right, and and for that very reason, a lot of comedians—I'll call them my colleagues in the comedy community—they've mm -hmm. been doing an awful lot of stuff online, similar yeah. to what you were doing here. But some have tried to do, you know, some have done, you know, um, comedy in their living room, and it's yeah. difficult because you might have solid material, but you're not getting that live feedback from an yeah. audience. You know, I, I so love you might have to. Sorry. Yeah, I, no, no. I was sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I was just saying I loved what uh, what my uh, episode three guest Derek Sagan. We were talking about him before when yeah. he did. I think it was a second special he did in his backyard. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Of, he, I'm not sure if you saw that. It was uh, streaming live either on his website or or Facebook. So that was pretty cool. He had I don't know how many people he invited, and he had them all socially distanced, almost sort of what um, I don't know if you saw the special from. Um, oh my god uh dave Chappelle. yes thank you oh my god Dan. Yeah. i don't know how, how can i forgive forget uh dave Chappelle's <laughs> name one of one of the greatest one of the goats of all time um he's my sort favorite of like comedian that. oh he's just uh him and and uh george carlin was my god yeah. rest his soul i mean but i don't think there was anyone more intelligent than than george carlin that type of comedy but uh, i love what uh, what uh, Chappelle did uh, that was just amazing and and uh, so derek did it in his backyard with the deck that he has just built and it was just too funny i love yeah that. you know a, a um, guy like derek for a guy like derek he has to do comedy for him it's like breathing right so and, and a lot of comedians very similar they they've got to you know they're suffocating from not having the stage yeah. time so yeah. yeah they have to get creative I was, uh, yeah, I was, uh, a lot of my guests have been comedians, uh, you know, like you said, Andrew Searles, mm. uh, Eric Johnston, Derek, they all said the same thing. We just, you know, all we want to do is be on stage and, and travel yeah. and make people laugh. So, you know, I, I, it can be easy for them, especially these guys that are just full-time comedians, and uh, it can be easy. Um, tell me then your, your shows that you're part of on the weekend. What are they called yeah. on, on so CJD? There's the trivia show okay. uh, that's well, on from 9 till noon. Mm -hmm. And uh, and right after is what we call the Sunday afternoon comedy show, which is it's an hour long show. I play a lot of comedy clips. I interview comedians now and again. And uh, that's I mean, you know, it's similar to what Joey Elias used to do at night. Yes. On CJD. Yes. Um, but we have to technically be cleaner when it's Sunday <laughs> at noon, Sunday okay. lunchtime. So there's a lot more a lot more bleeping going on on my show. So Joe, Joey is not doing the comedy show anymore on night. Uh, no, it's been quite a, it, it's been quite a while that uh, okay. that show got canceled. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately. Yeah, it's funny and, we're talking uh, about Joey as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, the sir? trivia show. Yeah. Well, you asked me about the trivia show. Yeah. I've been part of that show for about twenty years, but that show has been on the radio, and I don't think any other radio show can say this. That show's been on the radio for almost forty years. We wow. started in, uh, yeah, 1981. We started by Michael Libling, who is now a novelist. Um, and he also, you know, he, he's been a writer his entire life. And he got the idea one day, what about a trivia show on the radio? And he went to CJD and he said, I have an idea. And the program director at the time, who was also the morning man, George Balkan, said, hey, you know what? This is a great idea. Let's do this. And it started off, I think it was 90 minutes. And then they extended it to two hours. And then they mm -hmm. made it three hours. And uh, it's it's one of the top rated shows in town. I'm very proud to say that. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I I you know what I I I have a confession to make. I've never listened. I, I and what? now I will. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you'd better. What are you going to church or something? <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on. In my defense, I listen to CG, CJD religiously when I'm in the car because I do a lot of traveling because of my job. So I listen. Yeah. Depending, you know, usually in the morning, uh, in the afternoon, with Aaron. I, I absolutely love Aaron Ran. So um, yeah, that's 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 the only reason why. So on weekends, I tend to either you know I be be at home and I have some music on and not usually radio stations or talk show hosts. But yeah, now, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but now now more more than ever, I'm I'm really into podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts. So yeah, but so you know, and and so before. Now I wanted to wanted to go into uh, our topics. Now, as I told you, we, we uh, I yeah. pre-choose some topics, and why I'm so happy to have my first guest from a radio station, and especially from CJD, because uh, you know CJD uh, is important to, to I'm sure to me and to pretty much all the 1.4 million Anglophones in Quebec. Uh, no, probably less than that, actually. Um, I, I so, don't know. Four million sounds like a lot. <laughs> no, I was going to say 1.4 million, but no, it's it's less than that. Uh, I haven't mm -hmm. seen the last uh, statistics, though. And why I'm so happy is because I find that CJD is the voice of, of the Anglophone community and always yeah. has been for, for the longest time. Yes. So that's why I think it's important to, you know, to um, to promote CJD because I, I feel that is it's extremely, extremely important. Uh and especially yeah. what well, we're going to. Thank gonna, you for saying that. Yeah, yeah and 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 I, and I truly believe that because I'm a huge uh, believer in that. Uh, I'm a huge federalist, as a lot of people know me. I'm very outspoken. Uh, I think we do have our place in terms of when I say we do, I, I mean Anglophones uh, in yeah. Quebec. Even though I'm sure other people don't agree with us, but that's another for another story. But actually, you know what? Actually, that's a great leeway into our first topic and our first story of the day. Yeah. You're going to love this one. So I found this uh, this story um, so so uh, ironic. Um, okay. Last week during a debate, uh, the NDP leader Jack Mid Singh um, is not coming down from what he said to uh, the uh, Bloc uh, uh, deputy leader Alain Terrien. Yeah. So basically, to put it into context, um, the NDP was trying to pass a. a systematic racism in our um, in our uh, in the rcmp and um basically he stands by his actions and his words in the house of commons after he was kicked out on wednesday for calling bloc quebecois mp a racist mm. he goes on to say i don't back down from standing up to racism i don't think it benefits me to call people names i was angry at the moment i stand by it singh said in a press conference a few hours after a very tense moment during the special sitting to study the latest round of federal spending measures. So to put it in further context, they were hoping to pass this, this uh, bill with a unanimous vote. Yeah. And there was almost a unanimous vote. But almost. of course, almost. So who yeah. do you think, who do you think comes out and disagrees with it? So that's when the, that they had an exchange of words and uh, Jagmeet Singh said in French, Yes, I'm not going to stand by. I stand by my, you are a racist because they are the only ones that abstained from the vote that basically said no. So it's not just that. It was, as, as far as the story went on that day, it was just the one guy. It was just Alain Terrien. Everybody thought it was a great idea. And all of a sudden, there was one voice no. Yeah. So the question that went through my mind is what the hell? <laughs> it's, it, he's tabled a motion to work hard together 
not just as separate parties, but together as a group Mm -hmm. um, to root out systemic racism, specifically in the RCMP, but I'm sure that would have extended once they got rolling. Yep. Who, Who would have a problem with that? Who would have, and even if you have, even if you say, well, I'm, I'm a lawyer and I, I wasn't, I didn't like the wording we needed to do. Okay. Agree to it first. Agree to it, get it moving. And then if there's a problem you need to work out, then you, then you work on it. Yeah. Why would you say no to this motion? Yeah. Over right? 300, over 300 seats, over 300 members of parliament and yeah. this one asshole. Excuse me, because yeah. I'm going to call it what it is. Because okay. and, and this is going to lead me to 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 another completely. First of all, you have a non-federalist party, a party yeah. that's that's there to basically um, get away from Quebec, uh, from Canada, from our federation. And yeah. here you are is is basically because what the bill basically is saying is he was they were looking for the House of Commons to pass the motion to recognize that there's systematic racism within the RCMP, which is the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, Monsieur Terrier, Canadian. Last time I checked, Quebec is still in Canada. And calling the government to review the RCMP budget as well as the federal law that governs the police force. His motion also called for other accountability measures related to the RCMP, including a full review of the use of force by members and training officers get. So once again, I'm going to reiterate what you just said, Dan. How the hell... Could you have a problem? <laughs> you yeah. know what I really wanted to say there. What, 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 you know, um, absolutely. What, and that's, could, that's the part that I can't figure out. And even, you know, that was it, that was it the block house leader who came out and, and demanded an apology. And that's another thing, like what I can't figure out. I mean, maybe, maybe I can understand if I think through it. What is it about being called a racist that so that, I mean, it, it. They almost make it sound like it's more offensive to be called a racist than it would be to be called the N word or a kike yes. or something like that. Yeah. You see, well, hang on a second. You know, you need to. The, why? Why does it bother you so much if somebody calls you a racist? Uh, why do you grow so indignant? Um, yeah. And why is that now? Since this happened, why is that now the topic of conversation? Rather than exactly. what should be the topic of conversation, and that's rooting out systemic racism, not just in the RCMP, but wherever it is. Absolutely, and also why? Why the hell? First of all, and that's a great point. And why the hell did he yeah. be the only one to have a problem? A little minority yeah. stuck in here. It is. Let's let's dig that that line, that dividing line, even more between us. Boom. Let's do it yeah. more. And I'm going to bring it even further. Okay, and I want to see what your take on this is. Isn't just the act of hit, throwing him out of parliament because of stupid parliamentary behavior. And I've seen quite a lot worse behavior than that in parliament. Okay. We all have now. Exactly. So let's say Dan Jagmeet Singh look like you and I, I'm going to throw it out there. Would would we have been thrown out for not apologizing? I really wonder Dan, what do you think? Well, I don't know. It's, it's a hard, it's a hard question to answer because, because we don't know. No, but, but that is one of the, types of things that a motion to root out systemic racism would at least look at. Um, but the problem is that there, you know, I said, like I said before, now we're having, they, they've distracted, you know, they, they say, you know, you're disrupting the narrative. What the Bloc Québécois has managed to do is distract attention away from where it should be. 
on systemic racism. Well now, said. instead of that, we're talking about the block. We're talking about Jagmeet Singh either apologizing or not apologizing. And for some reason, for some reason, that got just using the just calling uh, Teddy a racist got him kicked out of of um, Parliament for exactly as you say using unparliamentary language. How much? How many times have we seen? People call each other liar from one side to the other. Um, oh my God. How, how, how far back do we have to go? I mean, you know, before Trudeau was prime minister, didn't he refer to somebody as a piece of shit? He didn't oh, get absolutely. kicked out for that. Yeah, no, of course not. And how far back do we have to go when, um, uh, oh my God, I'm not going to remember her name. Uh, she was a politician. She was an MP in the 80s. Okay. And she had made the claim that somebody on the other side of the floor from the conservative party mm -hmm. uh, called her a bitch. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And whoever that was certainly wasn't kicked out. Of course not. Wasn't they, Audrey were, McLaughlin. Were I they can't asked remember to, her name. Were, were they asked to apologize? Cause he's so, so offended, so offended about what, what he's, what, what, that he was called a racist. At, at the right? time, but he's, yeah, sorry, you were saying. No, well, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm just saying that that you know the the speaker of the house would rather kick him out for using the word racist than say, well, hang on a second, you know, what's my what's my job as house speaker really mm -hmm. supposed to be? My job as house speaker is to keep order during debate, to make sure it doesn't get out of hand, and yep. to make sure everybody has their say. My job as house speaker is not to make sure that everybody, you know, behaves like a grown up. Right. And so as far as I'm concerned, he had a choice to make. He could have said either apologize or you're out. Or he could have said, let's hear what Mr. Terrier has to say. And what would sure. have happened is Mr. Terrier would have said whatever he had to say. Jagmeet Singh could have rebutted and it could have been a completely different conversation. We could have we could have moved forward with a conversation about systemic racism. Now that's been pushed to the sidelines. Because Alain Terrien and whoever the block house leader is yeah. are a big bunch of babies, as far as you, I'm concerned. That is so well said. It's so well said because it's so the bottom line here, I think, what we could take away from this, instead of talking about the most important thing in view of what's going on in the entire world, and Jagmin Singh said it perfectly, he said, in this moment where indigenous people are being killed and being brutalized, black people are being killed and brutalized in Canada. We've not seen any action, Singh told reporters. And in that moment, he put forward this motion. But I thought, given where we are today, given what's going on, given the lack of action, here is something we can do concretely to actually make a difference. Kind of shocked that anyone would see no to this motion. Wow. Absolutely. Well said. And right now, ever since the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis, we're talking about racism in ways that we've never talked about before. Yep. And uh, and Jagmeet Singh wants that conversation to go full to and 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 as as we said earlier, everybody seemed to be on board, and now they've taken they've taken the attention away from that and making it all about them. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's truly sad, and it just and it just you know it 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 unfortunately right it just adds to the the stupidity of the Bloc Québécois, and also you know we don't have to look further than CAC. Uh, Mr. Legault saying that Quebec is not racist. <laughs> Come on. Listen, get your head out yeah. of the sand, honestly, and start getting with the rest of the population. You, because at this point, it's not really an English or French issue anymore. It's a racism yeah. issue. It's a human being issue. So get your head yeah. out of your ass. That's what I'm going to tell these politicians. But unfortunately, I don't know. Every, every, 
every day, every, you know, this is the thing. When, when things like this happen, I find uh, the, these world movements, all the idiots really come out. They, they literally yeah. come out of the closet or they come out of the woodwork because they really don't know what to say or because what they say, you know what, at this point, just don't say anything at all. Just shut up. That's yeah. how I see. It's why um, it's, it's something that I, that I don't, that I hate getting involved in because for me, there are far more important things to worry about, far more important things, important things to deal with. This province have been, has been kind of stagnant for, uh, for <laughs> at least four decades, if not longer. And, yeah. um, I think the culture here has changed somewhat. Um, I don't know whether you'd call it a good thing or a bad thing. There are far more people today who are bilingual than there were 40 years ago. Yes. Um, so I, I, I think, and this is just me, I speak only for me. I think that language is less of an issue now than it ever was um, because less people care about it the way they did 40 years ago when I was a kid. Um, you know, 76, 77, I should say 1976, 1977. <laughs> um, let's, get, let's get the right century, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, because, because there are more important things in it. There are far more Anglophones who speak French today, but there are also far more Francophones who speak English today. Um, I guess it has to be about 10 years ago or 12 years ago that Sugar Sammy started doing comedy in French. Yes. Since, since then... We have seen, you know, people like Sébastien Bourgo, who was a star as far as the Francophone community is concerned, mm -hmm. switched over to English. Mike Ward, yeah. who does comedy in both languages. Derek Sengay, who's a Francophone who does comedy in English. Yeah. And, you know, it's not that they're choosing one language over the other. That's just the form of expression they're going with now. You know, uh, Mike Patterson, who, who yeah. does comedy in French, you know, and, and it, it, be, it just gives you a wider reach it gives you a wider audience yeah, yeah. it's a no-brainer and some of our uh, some of your colleagues also you know pj stock uh, tony marinaro that 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 do french shows as well that's impressive yeah. you know and it, it's just it, it for me it's just like you said it gives you such more more far reach out there uh yeah. in terms of, of passing your message and, and being seen and i have so many so much respect for people like derek saying sebastian borgo you know the guy, unbelievable, right? Probably didn't yeah. speak a lick of English a couple of years ago, and he's and now he's doing stand up in English. It's just, it's incredible. It really Absolutely. is. It's so much courage, and um, I have a lot of respect for that. I really do. Yeah. But amen. You're you're totally right. You're totally right, uh, Dan. That the the language issue is less. See, that's the problem because the politicians won't admit that because they realize that with every generation, there's more mingling, more multiculturalism. People, you know, the youth today don't give a shit about English or French anymore. They just say, will we have jobs? Will it be a good economy? Are we going to be good to each other? That's all we care about yeah. now. That's all. You know, you being a dad, me being a dad, that's all I want. I want, you know, for my kids, and I'm sure you the same for you, I just want them to have, you know, not to look at anybody at the color of their skin or what stupid language they speak. The more languages yeah. you speak, the better for you, buddy. That's all it is. And that's what I tell my yeah. kids. That's what I try to tell them. Absolutely. Um, Amen. You know, I, in, in, in the copywriting department, um, you know, it's just like any other office. It's not really offices. It's cubbies. Everybody has a desk. We're all in the same room together. Mm -hmm. um, there are two English copywriters. Uh, right now, there's one Francophone. There's usually two. But in, in the room where I work, there's one, two, three Francophones. 
and three anglophones. Well, there's there's more, but I'm kind of simplifying it. We speak to each other in both languages. Okay. My my former boss, um, who uh, she left us a few months ago. I'm, geez, I really miss her. She was one of a, a great boss. Mm -hmm. uh, she was, uh, or still is, but she's not working with us anymore. She's a separatist. And I, when she said that, I said, really? She said, yeah, you know, it'd be great to have our own country, but if we don't, so we don't. And that's very different from the way separatists spoke 40 years ago. Yes. When it was, it was, and, and not just, not just separatists, but federalists as well. There are militants on both sides of that argument. Today, nobody's militant about it anymore because it's not as important as it once was. There are more important things to, to fight about. Yeah, like, are we going to have a planet to live on in 100 years? That's more yeah. important than anything else, right? Yeah. So it, it's amazing what perspective will do to you, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, but that, uh, yeah, I think we'll be talking about that for a long time, especially in this, in the, I think it's ingrained in our, in our skin in this province. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the next story. Next sure. topic. Um, this one always makes my blood boil. Um, a recent um, report last week, the chairman of Bombardier Inc. is defending the multi-million dollar compensation plan handed to former CEO Alain Belmar. Um, Belmar's five-year tenure saw the plane and train maker struggle to manage a debt that now stands at more than $9 billion, with a B, as the company <laughs> sold off division after division, leaving it in a pure play producer of private jets, a high-end luxury product in a recession. So basically, what Bombardier is trying to tell me here is, you can suck at your job, you could run your job, you could run your company down to the shitter, but yet you could still be rewarded for it. Yeah. Um, Quebec punch, <laughs> uh, pension fund manager Case de Debout and Plasma has criticized the compensation arrangement, calling it excessive. Uh, yeah, to say the least, excessive. And what, what, what makes it even more enraging is that Martel ruled out the possibility of more layoffs and the need for government financial support for the time being. We are discussing with the federal and Quebec governments, but we are not at a point where we need any of your support, Martel said, expressing preference for private financing or none at all. So here, here it is, okay? During time of economic difficulty, this company has the balls. I'm going to use it, the balls. And it's, it's the stupid federal and Quebec governments, provincial governments that give them the money to to try to rescue a company that's been in disarray for I don't know how long. And here it is. You could give a parting, a parting CEO after five years of running it to the ground a compensation package that could be as worth as much as $17.5 million. And this yeah. two, weeks, two weeks after Bombardier announced another 2,500 layoffs. Dan, yeah. am, I, am, am I missing something? I, 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 why... Why did why does Bombardier? I know CJD speaks about this a lot. Why do they keep getting away with this? Could, could you, I, I'd love your take on this. I, I I don't understand anymore. I you know what I I don't even I'm not really sure how to answer it because I'm I'm of two minds here. Um, these are people who 
inhabit a universe that, that as far as I'm, I don't even know exists. I don't know what this guy does when he goes on vacation, where he goes on vacation. Um, he, he wouldn't fly on the same planes I fly on. He wouldn't drive the same kind of car. <laughs> I'm sure his, his home has its own area code. Um, when it comes to <laughs> these types of situations, all of a sudden I, st- I, can't, I can't relate. I have an old friend who uh, he might see this and get offended, but he's doing really, really well for himself. To okay. the point where, you know, he, he was, last time we saw each other, he was telling me about his divorce. And he said, you know, but I don't have a place yet, so I have to live on my boat. And in my head, I'm thinking, really? You're complaining to me about living on your boat? I don't even understand what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. You can't even so comprehend to think that. that. Exactly. So to think that, that, uh, that um, his severance is 17, that's more than a lottery win some weeks. <laughs> I, I don't even, I can't even conceive in my head of what that means in terms of money. So ordinarily, I would say, okay, so he's getting 17.5 million. What's it got to do with me? But the flip side to that coin is 2,500 layoffs. Luigi, over the past 10, 20 years, how many people were laid off from Bombardier? How many compensation packages did they get from either levels of government? How is it that as exact, I can't answer the question. I can only do as you're doing and just sort of, you know, ask the question and, you know, face palm. How, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's, okay. Here's the thing. Okay. And, and I'm yeah. very sympathetic and I'm sure you will be too, to the people that work from Bombardier. Okay. You say, okay, yeah. we have to, because the economic impact of making this company go bust, all these jobs will be lost. But let's do some simple math here. In the last 10 years, how many layoffs have there been at Bombardier? Exactly. And, and the question there is, you know, when you when you when you look at the pandemic and how it's been affecting businesses, small small businesses, medium sized businesses, etc., and they can legitimately argue we have to close or we need compensation because throughout the pandemic we have no a company like Bombardier can they really use COVID nineteen as an excuse for their economic woes when they've had economic trouble since well before this was even part of anybody's imagination and and how many large corporations how many large corporations can really legitimately use the pandemic as an excuse what a great point that and i'm so happy you brought that and i would even think about that right i am i am beyond intelligent i'm so (laughs) smart luigi i'm like but it's such a great point because now i'm a stable genius is what i am you are you are you're a poet and a gentleman there we go (laughs) now they're going to use it to their advantage. This is a great point that you brought up. Why is because they're going to use it to their advantage. You're going to say, well, the transport, transportation, and vacation where we build these planes and trains is going to take a hit. But you are already destroying your own company for how long and sucking yeah. up government money. That is our money. So yeah, of yeah. course we should have a say in it, right? So I don't know. I I don't know where the 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 you know the cutoff point is. Where where do we cut them off? And say, well, are they too big to fail? Well, you know what? Nortel was too big to fail, and it did. And how many jobs are lost there? How many of us have forgotten about Nortel, yeah? Yeah, and God knows how many more. The Enrons and whatever. Who knows how many companies, right? And and furthermore, to add insult to injury, check this out. Bombardier spokesman Olivier Marcel said the company is respecting the opinion expressed by certain investors. 
stating that the compensation policy has been supported by 97% of shareholders on average over the last three years. You yeah. fucking liar. Okay, do you know what people do when you invest and you get your shareholder agreement? Do you read all of it? Do you actually think you actually, you think these people, even if I would say half a percentage of people that have Bombardier stock, really look at what's the compensation of the CEO at the end of the year? And what? They put a play put in there, oh, you're buying the stock, so you're automatically agreeing to the fact because you got this document that you're agreeing yeah. to the compensation. Well, of course, do you have any, do, what? You're going to say, no, I'm buying Bombardier well, stock here. That's exactly it. And that's why I say it's part of a universe that I that I can't relate to. I can't comprehend. You, you know, when you when you see when you watch a James Bond movie and he goes to the casino and everybody around him is wearing tuxedos and bow ties and they're they're <laughs> placing down. So I went to Vegas years ago with my dad and you go to the casino and everybody's dressed like you and me. Right. There's grannies putting all their you know hard earned quarters into a, you know, and people are winning, you know, hundred bucks here, 10 bucks there. Mm -hmm. So I asked a guy, I said, Hey, where's all the guys in tuxedos? Where's all the James Bond gamblers? And, you know, they say, oh, they're in a whole separate room, sir. And that's what, for, in my mind, that's what Bombardier is like for me. That's what big corporations, there are people, regardless of what we're reading about in the news, there are people in back rooms making money hand over fist. fist. Hand over fist, and I can't relate to that. So I'd be, I would be content to just ignore it if it weren't for all the layoffs. Because my biggest concern are guys like you and me. My biggest concern yep. are the people who, who you know, go to these jobs, these factory jobs every day, and they work hard, and they got to put food on the table, and they have to give up their jobs so that the company can artificially raise their bottom line. Because exactly. that's the thing. When your bottom line goes up in these cases, it's not because you're making money; it's because you're not losing money. Yep. See the difference, or you're not putting uh, money out there. Absolutely. And and then salaries. And then saying, saying, oh, but you know, we promised this compensation. What yeah. happened to variable compensation? What happened? You know what? If you perform and the company really truly performs, we will give you your seventeen point five million compensation. Because God yeah. knows that's, I know that's how it works. I work for a bank. I don't bring in the numbers. Dan, do you think I get my bonus? That's it. Yeah. Do I get it? If you don't, if, if you underperform, you're not going to, you know. No. And they're, and they're calling it severance pay. He stepped down. <laughs> Why did he step down? Because <laughs> he sucks. He's, he's an idiot. He literally ran the company into the ground. Because I thought, I always thought that if you step down, i.e. resign, you don't get severance for that. You get severance if you're fired. Yeah. Hey, Dan, come on. Why not? He's getting to getting millions from the government, which is our money. I want millions from the government. <laughs> yeah, so do I, buddy. So do I. Trust me. <laughs> this this show, Luigi, this show is called Agree to Disagree. So far, we've agreed on everything. Yeah, I think. And we're probably going to agree on everything, but it's okay. That's fine. <laughs> we should it's disagree not... <laughs> on something. <laughs> I don't know, because uh, uh, my next topic, I really don't see us disagreeing on this either. I disagree. Um, <laughs> so um once again this i don't know every day something comes out just just yanks my chain man um despite calls um to the contrary the forthcoming rem train uh that's gonna have a station in griffin town um that it was supposed to be named after its historic irish community 
uh, Griffintown Station. Uh, our wonderful mayor, our happy-go-lucky mayor, decided to call it after former Quebec Premier Bernard Landry. So it's going to be called Griffintown Bernard Landry. So, 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 hear me out here for a second. The, the irony okay. in this, okay? <laughs> you have an ex-leader of a separatist party that, let's call a spade a spade, always loved immigrants, right, Dan? <laughs> huh? on, a, on a perdu à cause l'argent et la vote ethnique. Remember that? Yeah, but that was his, pre that was his pre predecessor. That was, that was I understand. Um, Jacques I understand. Yeah, but where do you think Bernard and who do you think Jacques learned from? Come on. Well, let's call a spade a spade. Okay. Okay. See, we just we probably just disagreed on something there a little bit. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Just that aspect. Okay. So, yeah. It's um, uh, yeah. I, you know, it's it's one of the it's you know it's it's one of those things. I mean, you know, um, yeah. I and I forgot about that. She asked the question. The Irish community said, "What well, you know? Well, this is what we would like." Um, you know, for some people in the separatist community, in the Francophone community, Bernard Landry was not going to say a hero, but they admired him. He did good work. For those of us who are not in that community, we disagree. Um, okay. She wants to pay homage to him. I don't understand why the two have to go together. Why Thank not you. call the station Griffintown and name something else after Bernard Landry? In fact, Build a statue to Bernard Laundry so that in 20 years we can knock it down. <laughs> I, I felt the same way when they renamed Vimy Park in oh, Ultramar don't get, I was just after Jacques Parizeau. Oh. That was even that was even worse though for me. Oh, that absolutely. Because yeah. you want a bigger slap in the face? Now yeah. you get now you got me going, Dan. Now you got me well, going. Okay. The way I see it, what? you want it. You you wanted to honor Jacques Parizeau. Name something else after him. Thank you. you wanna, but now we have two things. We have we have the Rem Station, and we have either the Irish community to to honor by calling it Griffintown, or Bernard Laundry. Let's pretend he did a lot for Quebec in the same way that Lionel Grew did a lot for Quebec. Mm -hmm. Okay. That said. <laughs> For the people Choose on the podcast, <laughs> Dan rolled his eyes on that one. So. <laughs> Are there people listening who can't see? Well, it's after I, I translate into a podcast as well. Podcast, form, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I roll, I rolled my eyes, and I'll explain why in a minute. But why name something in Griffintown after a francophone hero? Why not find something in a neighborhood where it would make more sense? and name a new metro station or name you know where else are we going to have rem stations choose one that's in a different part of town where people did vote for laundry where his constituents are right Thank it just you. makes sense to me but Thank but you, at man. the very least it's going to rankle that his name will be up there but at the very least griffintown will be up there well just just like the slap in the face with vimy park and Jacques Parizeau, yeah. that uh, I, I still, um, I, I agree again, hundred percent with you. Uh, why can't you? There's so many other parks and stations and streets that you can name them to give them homage. But no, let's erase some of Anglo history um, in this city and name it Griffintown Benalandri. So 
even yeah. though right the irish basically built griffintown and here is he went on to say uh fergus keys of the montreal irish memorial park foundation although yeah. i don't speak for the entire irish community i've got to say that overall it was unanimous disappointment that she would continue to push the name of station after ben Landry. he said she's ignoring the wishes of the irish community why 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 would you do this why i, I why would you purposely Ignore the wishes of your constituents. I don't understand it and keep it as a homage. If it's named Griffintown after the Irish community, why don't you just, can't you listen to them and continue this tradition for them? I, yeah, I think that, I think that's the question we have to ask is what's, what's the big deal? You know, nobody said don't name something after Bernard Laundry. name something after him, but in a place where it makes more sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's totally unacceptable to us. It demonstrates a lack of history of Montreal and a, a certain level of arrogance on behalf of the mayor of Montreal. I love Especially it. Especially when you and consider that the, the coat of arms of the city of Montreal has yep. an emblem for the Irish community, you know, um, because they are one of the founding communities of this city. There's no getting yes. around that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so so what did our, our uh, mayoress uh, respond to this. She says, I feel like today some people will be happy and some people won't be happy. But the hyphen is a very important part of the name and Griffintown is coming first. Are, are and that's happy? why I say, that's why I say, okay, fine. It rankles. It, it, it hurts a little bit that Bernard Laundrie's name is. And let me be clear. I'm not saying that it hurts that it's Bernard Laundrie's name. Put his hurt, name up. It does hurt me. Go ahead and honor him. <laughs> right. Yeah. I hear you, but I'm saying, you know, to, uh, I'm, to, to throw an olive branch their way, put his name somewhere, do something to honor him. Absolutely. But as I said before, in a place that makes more sense and leave Griffintown to the Irish community, they fought so hard for things throughout, throughout the years. What bridge was it where they were, they were doing construction over where the, uh, the, um, you know, they, they do the March to the stone every year where there's a stone that marks the deaths of people who built was, is it Mercia bridge? Um, it um, pays homage to, sure. to the Irish immigrants okay. who worked on this on this bridge and and died there. And so okay. there's a black stone. And every year, the, you know, the, the the ancient order of Hibernians, which is one of the one of the groups as part of the you know United mm -hmm. Irish societies, they do a march to the stone every year to commemorate um, these people's lives, the work they did, and their deaths. And uh, they wanted to make sure that that was kept pristine, that that was not built over that that was not destroyed. I mean, there are always, there's always going to be a community fighting for their little corner of the, of the, of the world that is Montreal. There's yeah. always going to be, you know, uh, Mordecai Richler. Now I, I realize that he, he's a, a little bit of a contentious personage in the Francophone community, but you know, it became such a big deal to fix up the, uh, the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the covered thing on the mountain. The gazebo. The gazebo. The gazebo. <laughs> I wanted to say Patagonia, but then I don't even know what Patagonia is. Oh, you know, man. I mean, why, why do we have so much trouble honoring people in this town? Right. I, I guess we have, we have so much trouble honoring the English people more, I'd say. On, honoring the right people because the Francophone community has their heroes has the people who did fight hard, you know, when the Francophone community was under the thumb of the of the English community. There was a time and they had to fight yeah. hard for their place. I mean, they they've been here for 500 years. 
right? Yeah. Nobody's saying this isn't their home. So no. give them their due. But now that but now that they're in power, give the Anglophones their due, give the Scottish their due, give the Irish their due. And now, you know, the face of Montreal has changed so much that we're not just, you know, Francophones, Anglophones, Jews, Italians, Greeks, and Portuguese. There are so many other communities here that would like a little corner to call their own. What's the big deal? Make it happen. I'd I don't know, Dan. See, that's the problem, though. Why could two guys on a podcast here just come up with simple solutions? Why is it so hard? You said it perfectly. And it doesn't even really matter if it's an English or French hero. Why is it so difficult to give honor? And there's so many opportunities and there's so many, uh, 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 how can I say it, uh, monuments and train stations, as I said before, that you can yeah. honor them properly. Why do you have to take an existing park, Vimy Park, that was named after the soldiers that died in Vimy, France? Yeah. Look, you take the park. You take Park Avenue Metro Station. It's named after a street. Name it after Bernard Laundry. Thank right? you, thank you. Uh, yeah. Look, me and you just solved the problem. Why is it so difficult for these politicians? That's yeah. what what gets me. I don't know, Dan. I, I don't know. Well, we we brought it full circle, didn't we? Because originally, when we were talking about uh, Alain Tellier in the House of Commons, that was my question: Who would have a problem with this? What's the big deal? Yeah, that's true. Right. We started with that and we finished with this thing that I don't know sometimes yeah. it's just simple things that I guess politicians just can't get. And that's what gets the, the normal person, a normal constituent constituent. That's what gets us upset and starts to disbelief in, in, in politics yeah. and, and, and what they stand for when such a simple thing is, I don't know. I, you're going to love this one. Check this comment out. Yeah. I would say change Yuppie's name, be Bernard Landry. <laughs> So <laughs> maybe, maybe. So I can't. My, I'm not wearing my glasses, Jan. That's actually that's a good friend of mine, Johnny Ricci. Yeah. That's pretty funny. And tell me something. Good, what, yes. When you had uh, when you had Andrew and Derek on, were they funny? Because yeah. you and I were like we're angry and oh, and people are going to watch us and go, wow, is he really a comedian? He's not funny. <laughs> no, honestly, uh, when I had Eric, uh, Andrew, uh, Derek, even Derek said during the because. Jesus Christ, Laura! I gotta say something funny now. <laughs> yeah. So no, because that—that's the that's, at least tell a knock knock joke. No, but that's, <laughs> but that's what I love is to, to get the the and I love comedians and I always say this on my uh, because I find your ways of looking at things is different because you're not going to take either or side. So you look at yeah. it differently, and and that's what I just love. It, it's not about having the humor behind it that we've had a few laughs here and there. But it's more of how do you see certain things, and and that's what I'm going to try to do, right? I'm trying to get a lot of different uh, types of guests, uh, well known, yeah. even not well known in in Montreal and Quebec. Uh, so that's what my goal is for this podcast and this show. So uh, yeah. on that note, Dan, we went a full hour almost, man. Is awesome. that amazing? I time, love it. Time flies. Time flies when you're having fun. Dan, tell the people where they could find your content uh, besides CJD. Uh, you're on social media yeah well, yeah i'm all over social I'm, I'm on facebook i'm on twitter uh i'm on instagram on instagram i'm a, I'm a bit of a douchebag on instagram because uh, <laughs> as a buddy of mine pointed out i i spend a lot of time in the gym not since you know not since you know covid19 hit but i'm always posting pictures mm -hmm. of myself working out or posing in front of the mirror like an idiot <laughs> um so you know but but you, and you'll also see pictures of food uh because See, I started, I got on Facebook in 2007 when Facebook was fairly new. And that's really all us Facebook mm -hmm. veterans have ever done. We post food. 
It's food on Facebook, Instagram, even not so much on Twitter. Twitter makes me sad, but yeah, it's just me flexing and oh. posting food. Yeah. Twitter and on is Facebook, just a, I, just a- on Facebook, I'm, I'm a bit of a shit disturber. I, I post stuff that I, I do. I'm honest about it. It really is how I feel about things, but I know when I click post, there's going to be a shit storm. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, Dan, I really want to say thank you so much for um, for for coming on the show tonight. I really had a great time. I love your, your take Thanks on for having uh, me. Uh, on all the. It's really a pleasure. It was all my pleasure, and I thank you so much again, guys. Listen to CJD on the weekends, the trivia show, and Nine to what's noon, the other the one again? Sorry, noon, Dan. The, the Sunday afternoon comedy show, noon to one. Awesome. Let's support our own, especially our Anglo community. Dan, thank you so much, guys. I wish you all a great rest of the week. Uh, enjoy this um, heat wave that we're, we're living through in Montreal right now. And on that note, take care of yourselves, guys. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Agree to Disagree show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about it. Until next time.